Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we'll unlock the book The Gene, An Intimate History. In our experience, children usually resemble their parents. For example, if both parents have blue eyes, then their child will have them too. This phenomenon is called inheritance. It's not only the appearance of a person that can be inherited. Some diseases such as hemophilia, are inheritable as well. Hemophilia is caused by a single mutation that disables a protein that helps blood to clot. People with hemophilia will bleed non-stop whenever they have a wound. Hemophilia has existed for many years in European royal families, so it was known as a royal disease. It was associated with the marital habits of European royal families. Queen Victoria of England carried the hemophilia gene. She passed on the gene to her children, and her daughters went on to marry royal families in Germany, Spain, Greece, and Russia. Hemophilia, an inheritable disease then spread to these countries, leading to the death of many members of royal families. Some say it even hastened the collapse of Tsarist Russia. Why do genetic phenomena occur? The gene and intimate history answers this question. Genes carry an organism's genetic information and determine its characteristics. Genes are passed down from one generation to another. If a specific trait appears in the previous generation, the next generation is likely to exhibit the same trait. This book isn't just a popular science book about genes, but also tells the history and development of genetics. The book describes the past, present, and future of genetic research and tells us the following in layman's terms. Genes are carriers of genetic information on the basis of all biological information. They are also a powerful force that could govern a person's life and death. Siddhartha Mukherjee, is the author of this book. He is an Indian-American oncologist and a well-known science writer. The Gene and Intimate History became a New York Times bestseller after its publication. In a previous bookie, we reviewed Mukherjee's book The Emperor of All Maladies, a biography of cancer which won the Pulitzer Prize. The book was also named one of the 100 most influential books in English since 1923 by Time magazine. Mukherjee's research mainly focuses on the relationship between genes and cancer. Why would he want to study genetics? It's because a genetic mental illness runs in Mukherjee's family. Two of his uncles and one of his cousins have developed the disease. Mukherjee is concerned about the health of his loved ones. Because he is worried about the detrimental effects of genetic disease on himself and his family, he is determined to explore the mystery of genetic disease. As an oncologist, Mukherjee is very knowledgeable about the field. Knowing that genetic disorders have plagued many people around the world, he wrote this book to help more people understand the nature of genes and genetic diseases. Next, we will summarize this book for you in three parts. Part 1, How did humans discover genes to solve the mystery of life's origins? Part 2, 
What progress has been made in genetic technology? Part 3, Where is the future of genetic technologies? Let's first, talk about the first part, how did humans discover genes to solve the mystery of life's origins? Humans have been studying genes for less than 200 years. When we talk about the origins of genetic research, we have to mention Charles Darwin and his theory of evolution. Darwin was a famous 19th century English biologist who was passionate about the pursuit of truth. At the time, the Christian Church preached that God created the world, but Darwin challenged this claim. As a child, Darwin loved studying plants and animals. He later went to the University of Cambridge where he systematically learned to collect, identify, and classify plant and animal specimens under the tutelage of John Henslow, a famous botanist. After graduating from college, Darwin embarked on a five-year expedition, that laid the groundwork for his theory of evolution. Darwin visited many remote islands during his expedition and discovered many new species and fossils of ancient animals. By classifying and studying the fossil specimens he brought back to England, Darwin made two significant discoveries. First, there was a hidden regularity among the specimens. For example, the fossils of giant sloths had been found in places where small sloths were active. Second, there were many similarities between seemingly different species. Specifically, there was virtually no difference between different-looking birds from South America such as wrens, warblers, blackbirds, and grosbeaks, which were all anatomically related. By combining these two significant discoveries, Darwin came up with a simple but revolutionary idea. All species of life have descended over time from common ancestors. So what was the force that drove biological evolution? Darwin believed this force to be natural selection and sexual selection. In nature, organisms sometimes develop vastly different characteristics from their parents, and this phenomenon is called variation. If these variations are conducive to the individual's survival in its natural environment or its courtship and reproduction, they will be retained. If they are not, the variations will be eliminated. Under the influence of natural selection and sexual selection, favorable mutations help the mutants survive and reproduce and eventually become a new species. That is the principle of evolutionary theory. However, one question remained unresolved in Darwin's theory, how are species characteristics reliably transmitted to future generations? Gregor Mendel would later answer this question. A scientist who lived around the same time as Darwin, Mendel proposed the laws of heredity. He explained the nature of heredity through his famous pea-hybrid experiments. Mendel noticed that each trait in his peas plants had different variants. For instance, tall-stemmed and short-stemmed plants were different variants in terms of plant height, while white and violet flowers were different variants in terms of the color of the flower. In an experiment, Mendel first created purebred pea plants whose offspring all shared precisely the same traits as their parents. After obtaining the purebred plants, he crossed the pure peas with those that displayed different qualities of the same trait. For example, to obtain the first generation of hybrids, 
He crossed high-stemmed plants with low-stemmed ones and hybridized yellow-seeded plants with green-seeded ones. The first generation of hybrids exhibited only one trait. For example, all of them were tall or all had green pods, and so on. Mendel obtained the second generation of hybrids through further hybridization. These displayed a variety of forms, including high and low stems, green pods, yellow pods, and so on. Mendel documented all the exhibited traits of each generation of hybrids. He experimented with hybridization for eight years, and collected a large amount of data. He analyzed these data and proposed the basic laws of inheritance in peas. According to Mendel's laws of heredity, inheritance is the process of passing information from parent to child, in which the male germ cells of an organism such as a sperm carry one piece of information, while the female germ cells such as an egg carry another piece of information. We now refer to this information as alleles which was developed by later geneticists in the 20th century, an organism can acquire one allele from each of its two parents. When the organism produces a sperm or an egg, the alleles will split up again and enter the sperm or egg before being passed on to the offspring. When two alleles are present simultaneously in an organism, but only one of the gene's traits is displayed, that gene is called a dominant allele. The gene that doesn't display the trait is called a recessive allele. The trait controlled by the recessive gene will only appear if the organism acquires two recessive genes simultaneously. Mendel's discovery opened the door to genetics. People may wonder where are genes located in the cell? What is its material form? What does its structure look like? Let's first look at how the location of genes in the cell was discovered. In the 1890s, German embryologist Theodor Boveri proposed that genes resided in chromosomes within the cell's nucleus. His hypothesis was later verified by other scientists. Chromosomes turned out to be the carriers of genes. As scientific knowledge advanced, it was discovered that chromosomes were made of proteins and deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA. Of these two components, proteins were more versatile and thus were considered by most scientists at the time to be gene carriers. However, an experiment in the 1940s proved that proteins weren't the material substance of the gene. In fact, DNA was. The experiment was performed with two types of pneumococcus, the virulent smooth strain, and the non-virulent rough strain. Scientists had previously found that when dead bacteria of the smooth strain were mixed with the rough strain's live bacteria, the non-virulent rough strain became smooth and virulent, and its virulence was also heritable. This showed that genetic information was being transmitted between organisms. The objective of this pneumococcus experiment was to identify the material form of genetic information. Scientists had painstakingly isolated the chemical components of pneumococcus and verified them one by one to identify the constituent responsible for the transmission of genetic information. They found that this constituent was independent of sugars, lipids, and proteins. After many more experiments, they finally proved that DNA was the material form of genetic information. Finally, let's look at how the three-dimensional structure of DNA was discovered. 
After identifying DNA as the carrier of genetic information, scientists began to work on figuring out how DNA was structured. In 1952, biologists used X-rays to obtain a cross-shaped image of DNA, the famous photograph 51. Through simple calculation, biologists realized that only some sort of helical structure could produce the cross-like shape shown in the image. This shape suggested a double helix structure. Soon afterward, biologist James Watson and physicist Francis Crick collaborated to study the three-dimensional DNA structure by constructing a model of DNA's molecular structure. Their research eventually confirmed that DNA was a double helix. Scientists also discovered that DNA contained four components called bases. They named these four bases adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thymine, respectively denoted by the capital letters A, G, C, and T. The number of adenine units equaled the number of thymine units, and the number of guanine units equaled the number of cytosine units. That concludes the first part of our bookie. We learned about how genes were discovered. Darwin's theory of evolution overturned the doctrine of divine creation. Mendel discovered the laws of heredity through his p-hybrid experiments. Scientists later identified chromosomes as the carriers of genes, the forms of genetic material, and the structure of DNA. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.